Hey, my friends, welcome to episode three of Sharing the Magic. As a podcast, um, we are new, but I think over the past few months together, I mean, I've realized that we we have a lot of heart, and I'm really hoping that as we welcome our guests to today, all of our listeners will feel like they're just they're at home with us. And so, whether you're a diehard fan or just just somebody who is a a casual listener, we hope that you feel like you're among friends. So, oh my goodness, I I'm so excited for tonight. I want to get moving and introduce our cast. So, first of all. We have our usual host, Barry. How you doing? How's it going? Doing doing good on the set. All right. We have uh she's practically perfect in every way. We have Annie. Hi everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We're recording it on Mother's Day today. Um, but how are how's everyone else? I think we're good. I think we're really good. This is awesome. Uh I, I feel like Tara, when I say the rebel scum, I feel like it should be like in a Pete voice or something. Hey, you're Derek, the rebel scum. <laughs> the rebel scum, and she's proud. Tara, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, and we have everyone's favorite Disney dad, Matt. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited for the show. She might pop up. Me too. And then Lindsay, I don't think Lindsay is here. We'll say we'll say hi to Lindsay. Hey, everyone. Hi, Lindsay. Um, my name's Jeff Shaver. I have the pleasure of being our guest host tonight. And I'm going to leave it at that because, you know, when it comes to our our guest, I know I'm going to want to share a lot of my own story, uh, how much today's guest just it just means a lot to me that that he's here. And so my friends, um, our guest today is none other than Disney legend, Bill Farmer. So hi, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Hello, Jeff. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's great to be here. And I uh, can't think of a better way to spend an afternoon, especially on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, than talking to you about all things Disney and everything else. Bill, I I could have I could have done I think a way more thorough job talking about your life, your career, your achievements. Maybe I want to I want to give you just kind of the space to to talk about yourself a little bit and and how not only you became just who you are, Bill, but you know as as a, a Disney legend, you are a legend. It was actually probably you know uh, the biggest honor. I didn't know it was as big an honor as I know now when it occurred back in two thousand nine. But um, as a matter of fact, uh, just a little beside that, ours was the first Disney Legend Awards that were public at the uh, D23 convention. And Bob Iger was there. And I got mine along with a lot of the uh, uh, Ub Iwerks' son, Don Iwerks, uh, received his for like Circle Vision camera. Some of the uh, posthumously, they gave it to the uh, Golden Girls. Um uh, Betty White, who was there and actually received her award the same day, as along with Robin Williams. So I was excited to be on stage. And Tony Anselmo, the voice of Donald, and uh, definitely was my highest honor. And yeah, that's uh, that that's right up there with anything I've ever done. I love Bill. I love when you talk about your childhood. I love when you talk about just the way that you used to do voices as a kid and and for your friends. And so grown up. I kind of have that same, you know, background and 
my, growing up, I always heard your your great great cousin was Pat Buttram. Oh, really? One of my favorite people that I've ever worked <laughs> with, and uh, a great voice. Of course, he uh, his last movie was a goofy movie that I in. so I got to meet him uh, on the recording of that, and he was a great character actor and one of my favorites. Your Pat Buttram is my favorite. Rob Paulson's pretty good. Yeah, Rob does that well. Huh? Yours is my favorite. And I remember when I met you for the first time, we I kind of we kind of talked about some of these voices are lost over time. Oh, they are. These are are great, uh, great character actors, and 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 uh, uh, yeah, any way to keep them alive. And I think uh, Pat did about five different movies for Disney. Goofy movie being his last. Of course, he was in the Aristocats. As one of the dogs, and uh, also in Robin Hood as the Wait, sheriff. sheriff of yeah. <laughs> and there you go. You just can't forget his voice. And what a sweet guy he was, too. Well, he, you have a story about that, too, huh? Oh, yeah. We uh, we were sitting around in the waiting room over at uh, Stage B on the Disney lot, ready to go in and do some lines for a Goofy movie. And he was sitting there, and he was um, in his 80s at the time. And he was working out material for a show that he was doing that night, honoring, uh, who was it? I was trying to remember. <laughs> um, um, oh, gosh, he was in, uh, you know, I'm having that. Anyway, he was going to, uh, he was going to be doing a, a roast that evening. And uh, yeah. And he'd get out and he was going to uh, do to the host and it'll come to me probably in about an hour. <laughs> exactly. Who are they They doing that? But, he, oh, um, um, anyway, he was going, you know, I'm get out there. Uh, Jack Palance, Jack, who I was thinking of. And Jack Palance had done, uh, you know, um, all those Western movies and, and had been on the Oscars. And he goes, he says, I'm going to try out a piece of material on you. I'm going to tell this joke. I'm going to get up there and go, Pat, you know, you're amazing. Uh, you know, uh, you was doing push-ups on the Oscars, one-arm push-ups. And uh, Father Time has been very kind to you, but it looks like Mother Nature done kicked the hell out of your face. You know, and so he was trying out materials to get a reaction from me. Okay, I'll do that one. And then a couple of other jokes and everything, but... Uh, I even got his phone number and he wanted me to call him and go out to lunch. But unfortunately, I didn't get around to it soon enough. And he passed away not too long after a good movie. I lost a chance to. It's just it's it's just wonderful that, that you have the you have these kind of stories with him. And and even though I never met him, like, you, oh. you know, even though he, he had an influence on my life as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of these actors did. Uh, when I was a kid, of course, I saw a lot of Westerns in the movie theaters in those days. And I grew up in a little town in South Central Kansas, and we didn't have anything going on, really, except going to the movies. And so I became infatuated with the movies and, and the three channels we could get on television on Saturday morning, the cartoons and stuff. And I just became enamored with these characters, and I just started doing the voices. And one of the earliest ones I did was was John Wayne, who, uh, you know, of course, I'd come into uh, to dinner and I'd start playing with these voices and, well, okay, mom, we're going to be eating dinner now. So I want you to bring out some green beans and 
you know, my parents would think that this is the weirdest thing and eh, something's wrong with that kid. Um, and, and who knew that it would turn into a career? So in high school, I actually got to go up on pep assemblies. We would fight. Uh, we were from Pratt, Kansas, and we were fighting uh, the Dodge City Demons or something, the Hayes, uh, you know, uh, Indians. And we had all sorts of Great Bend and other other towns around the central part of Kansas. And so we would have pep assemblies and they'd have John Wayne come out and well, we're going to go out there and gonna whip them today, aren't we? And, and it became a thing that I was known for. And I kind of started adding voices to it and old movie stars, Jimmy Stewart and a lot a lot of the comedians in those days like Jack Benny and, and of course, I would watch uh, Ed Sullivan and listen to the comedians. And I would just play with these voices, not ever knowing that this would yeah. turn into a career. So, yeah. Well, one, one of your, one of my favorite voices you do is Wolfman Jack. And I didn't know who Wolfman Jack was. Yeah. Yeah. You see American graffiti, you'll know who Wolfman Jack is. He was a well-known uh, DJ, and he could be heard all over the United States out of uh, Mexico, actually, because they didn't have restrictions on the amount of wattage a station could have. So they would pump hundreds of thousands of watts. And he'd get there. He had this kind of voice, baby. Oh, yeah, we're going to be roll music, you know. And um, later on, when I was a DJ, I would use Wolfman to just kind of we'd have a rock and roll hour or, or, or something. And, yeah. Hey, and we got Wolfman Jack on the air right now. Wolfman, how you doing? Oh, great to see you, Bill. What are you doing here? You know, I, I just invent these characters. And it was just to pass the time and not be totally bored. Kind of caught on with the the listeners and, hey, thought that was pretty cool. And it just kind of became a thing and turned into a... Uh, a guide for me to follow for the rest of my life. I love your Wolfman Jack so much. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Bill Farmer fan. And so, you know, I stay up till three in the morning. Sometimes I, I study you, I study your voice. You, you've been such a template in my own life for, for me just to have fun. And I love voice acting is something I, I do immature, but, but your Wolfman Jack is awesome. Well, there are so many great characters that have kind of been uh, lost to history that uh, had great voices and great characters, and uh, they become the impetus for a lot of today's voices in animation. I know Billy West used Peter Lorre in, uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy, and yeah, it's that kind of a, a voice that sounds, you idiot, you know. They were based on those old stars from the 30s and 40s. There were a lot of great stars that kind of gave you the the material to create great characters yeah and i'm a little worried I, I i think i don't want i don't want those voices to die out don't have to you know they can they can be around as long as people want to hear them really yeah and i you know i just when i see anyone keeping those old voices alive you know going back to pat buttram you keep it a lot you keep that voice alive it to me it just it's just wonderful that i get to still hear the voice that i of my childhood and that's one of the nicest things about animation is that these characters are in some respects almost immortal because, uh, I mean, Goofy has been around since 1932 and still on television every day, even though I'm carrying the torch for a while and and uh, Pinto Colvig originated the voice. And so but the characters are great. Mickey Mouse is 
the, I guess, longest running. He was the first animated character that spoke with Walt Disney, and he's still on TV every day. They did something right. These characters uh, have a lot more to do. Bill, I I don't want to hog up the time. I love these people. Uh, before I'm going to turn it over, I'm probably going to leave the room, and it's not out of disrespect. No, no. I just I'm going to talk to you forever and ever, and uh, <laughs> so I, for me, you know, I grew up with Papa Trim and and just that story in my own life. And at some point, I found your Pat Buttram voice, and then I I'm obsessed with your goofy voice. I I sit there and and it's you said it's hard. Oh, really? <laughs> of the Disney characters, it is one of the hardest, and the reason is people ask me that all the time, and that um, Mickey and Donald are well sometimes what I call are they're almost trick voices. They are tonal characters. It, you can do the falsetto, the high falsetto. You're kind of in the, oh boy, you're kind of in the Mickey Mouse ballpark just to begin with, just with that high falsetto, which is what all did. Uh, Donald, if you can do that and go, you know, which is hard to articulate, it's really tough to do that. And so those are kind of, uh, Technique voices. Goofy is more of a cadence character. Gorge, there's lots of ups and downs. And he's got his own music. And if you get that off a little bit, it doesn't sound quite right. And it took me a long time to get that. No, and nobody does it. Nobody can. And I've watched videos where everyone does the goofy voice for you and and you're and you're so sweet you you're like oh i mean that's pretty good and i maybe i'll edit this part out because but but the truth is i can see the pain on your face no it's kind of like and because your voice is tough and it's because goofy everyone everyone wants to do like a hal smith yeah yeah Hey, hey there, everything's and it's okay to make you too dumb or almost you know. But you're low. You you your voice and you, it it drives me nuts. And this is how much I'm a fan <laughs> because it makes me so mad because I can't hit your highs and I can't hit your lows, but your goofies of course down here low <laughs> well you can go higher but it also has changed over the years too in the very early uh days it was more of an impression of pinto colvig and the way in the movies he did that it was more swallowed and was when when our series goof troop came around they wanted it higher energy, Saturday morning kind of high energy. So I had to bring the voice up to the front of my mouth a little bit more. So instead of, oh, howdy, Mickey, what's going on? Then it would be, howdy, Mickey, what's going on? It was just, yeah, just so it was more articulate and sounded a little bit better in that environment. And every project we do requires a little bit different take on the character. The Mickey shorts which is more dippy dog than goofy. It's more of the original 1930s. Um, it's he's a little it's a little different character than what uh, uh, than what it is on the what I call the traditional goofy. Right. So your first dog on Valentine, yeah. right? That was your first. So just to see yourself as goofy for the first time, like what did that feel yeah. like? What did it? Um, it was terrifying and a very exciting at the same time because that was looping an old cartoon. I'd never done that. 
And I did not know what to expect. And true story, and I've said this many times, I met Tony and Selmo, the voice of Donald Duck, when we did that particular job. And that was on January 23rd of 87, so a long time ago. And I just had to do a couple of lines, but it's an old cartoon, and they wanted to revoice it for the show. It was called uh, uh, DTV's, uh, uh, you know, Doggone Valentine. And uh, I had to say something like, gosh, I put my foot on the brake and I'm out of here quick. But I had to do it to picture in the same amount of time that the character Goofy was saying something else. And I'd never done that. And it was terrifying. And meeting Tony and Selmo, who was sitting there drawing Donald beautifully because he's an animator. I seriously thought, I said, well, we don't have to draw these guys too, do we? I, I really was so green. I didn't know the process. I didn't. And I found, oh, good. He's just doodling. <laughs> I got a job. You don't want me to try and draw Goofy. Um, but doing it, it was kind of terrifying. And But you never know if you're going to get another chance to do it. Because it was just one, one job, one contract. And I hope I did good enough that they would hire me again someday. And they did. And then they kept hiring me. And now 36 years later, they're still calling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had no idea what it would lead to. Well, I mean, I think, do you find voices or do the voices find you? I think, I think that voice found you. Yeah, it was, it it is uh, pretty close to my own voice. And I just, it's my, I guess, sensibility of who the character is that helped me get the job. Now, a more recent character um, in the show Amphibia, which on Disney Plus, I play the character Hot Pop. And that one, I just looked at the picture and I figured what kind of a character. And I figured that he would be kind of either a Southern gentleman or kind of this old crusty kind of crappy Texas thing. And and, and so I just kind of put him up a little, a little bit pinched because it sounds yeah. like this. And I, I, then I came up with it and they liked it. And <laughs> after three seasons, and that's a big thrill for me because I did come up with the voice. And obviously I'm stepping into some big shoes, literally, with doing Goofy, but uh, Hop Pop and the other ones that I got to come up with, that's also a special treat because those are... Uh, a little bit more organic to what my vision of the character is. Well, Bill, I'm I'm gonna I'm doing. Hey guys, I'm doing I'm doing really good. I told everyone uh, eight thirty. Oh. Uh, don't if if I said tug your ear if it's eight thirty because I'm gonna talk to Bill. Oh, but you gotta you gotta mention your shirt. We talked about that earlier. Yes, I have that shirt, and I had forgotten that you were the one that gave me that shirt. I don't know where you got it. But... Yeah. I was so starstruck too. <laughs> I was so nervous to meet you the first time. I was very starstruck, and I, I, I came in with this. I thought it was a cool shirt. It is. I thought it was unique. You don't find this kind of shirt. I was like, well, maybe Bill will like this shirt. No, you know, because I like it, and and uh, so I, I show, I show up to your table, and and you're like, oh, uh, I lo- hey, that's a great shirt, I'm, I, and I said. I'm glad you think so. I brought you one, Bill. <laughs> and I I remember that now. I mean, you were just so sweet to me. And yeah. I almost wore it today. I was thinking about what to wear, and I said, "Oh, I'll just leave the shirt on I had." So, <laughs> I, and I know you you meet so many so many people, and uh, but you you were just so kind. I might have to cut this out after. I was like, "Oh, Bill, I brought you a shirt." You're like, "Oh, I'll sign whatever you want," and I'm like, "No, no, no, no." 
I'm here to support Bill. Like, Bill, don't, no, Bill, don't do that. No, let's, I'm here for you. No one brings me clothing. (laughs) So anyways, I just, I had a, you know, Matt and I were talking, I think last night and, uh, and, and we're just talking about my, how much I just love your voice. And I said, I study it very, very passionately. And he goes, well, you know, what's funny about the way that you study you're not you're not you you don't it's not that you like goofy i'm like well i do like goofy he's like no you like bill i said yes that's right thank you so much thank you yeah and so i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna end on that i just i'm thank you so much bill for here and and thank you all thank you all of you for letting me talk to bill for a little bit you're you're an inspiration to me and and uh I'm I'm so happy you get to yeah, my get pleasure. To, my pleasure joining George. you today. Yeah. All right, hi Bill. Um, very very uh, excited to get to talk to you. Um, but hi man, how are so you? So in sharing the magic, we really like to get fans involved. Uh, we we often ask for some fan questions and things like that. So I do have a special fan that I wanted to invite on to ask you a question. If uh, that's okay with you, absolutely. Right. Come here. So this is my son Lincoln. Oh, hey Lincoln! Oh, I know that. Uh, I know that dog. What? <laughs> my pal Pluto. So we're you So we're huge Goofy fans. Uh, we actually just oh, watched really? the Goofy movie. I told him we were getting the chance to speak to Mr. Farmer, right? Mm-hmm. And he was very excited. But when I told him who else you do the voice of. Uh, if you were there, you would have seen his jaw drop to the floor because his absolute favorite character is who, buddy? Pluto. Is Pluto. It's Pluto. I've been oh, done Pluto for as long as I've done Goofy, as a matter of fact. And I, I don't really know if it was the same day or the next time I worked that I started doing Pluto. But uh, yeah, I think it was in, uh, you know, it, 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 doggone Valentine. They needed just some barks. And it wasn't technically like an audition for Pluto, but I did it. And and Pinto Kolvig, who did the voice of Goofy, also did Pluto from time to time. And they liked what I did. And it just kind of stuck. And they didn't take the time to look for anyone different. (laughs) And now I'm 36 years. I'm still doing Pluto. Wow. So so he's been doing Pluto and Goofy as long as mommy and daddy have been alive so he's that is that is goofy <laughs> and Pluto right there old. that is him so <laughs> so did you, oh. you want to ask mr farmer a question you were asking me about it after we watched a goofy movie mm-hmm. right what did you want to ask him um what will a pluto, what will a pluto movie be like a Pluto movie. That'd be a great, uh, well, we do a lot of uh, Pluto-based cartoons on, I'm doing a series called uh, uh, Chip and Dale's Park Life, and Pluto shows up in that from time to time. That's my favorite show. Really? I'm glad you like that. Yeah, I just recorded, I record that show right here in this room on the microphone that's over my shoulder because we started doing that when everyone was working from home during COVID. And uh, so I did the whole last season of Amphibia and Mickey Mouse Funhouse. And we still do that uh, here in this room uh, because the equipment works right. And we got down a, a way to do it. And I don't even have to leave home to, to work now. That's that's so cool. This, right behind him is where he does 
the Pluto voice for yeah, that right show. over there. There's a music stand and a microphone up here, and that's all I need. Oh, now I'm gonna geek out. Bill, what do, what do you have? Are you using an old school U87? What are you? I don't know. It is. Yeah. It is. Is that uh -huh. what you use? Yep. Okay. I'm tearing up. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You say bye. Bye, Mr. Farmer. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you very much that made his night he's going to be talking about that in school all week now <laughs> oh that's great yeah you, you should have seen his face when we were i was like okay buddy we're going to talk to i, I say mr farmer we're teaching him to be polite and uh, i said he's goofy and we're, he's like, oh, let's watch Goofy movie. I'm like, okay. And then I was telling him like who you were and what you know what a voice actor is. And when I said Pluto, it was just pure like shock and joy and excitement. And uh, everyone here was kind enough to let me bring him on, and it, it, that just made his night. So thank that you very is much. My night. Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah. We need to have a we need to have a Pluto a Pluto movie would be a good idea actually yeah we forget Pluto sometimes when I'm signing I'll usually sign Goofy but well if uh, you know a lot of people want Pluto's signature as well so I'll, of course I'll do that and uh, can't forget it he's he's actually tougher on the throat than doing Goofy is if I do Pluto for an hour and a half yeah and I start sounding like this you know <laughs> well yeah I was. I was going to ask you that, um, you know, between you do so many voices, like how do you goofy? Like I associate you with goofy, right? Cause yeah. it's got the dialogue and that's just who I think of when I think of your voice, but how do you get kids like my son to be like, want to just listen to Pluto? Like he's not really talking. No, how do you get no, that across? But uh, there's so many fantastic writers that come up with great tales and it's the animation, really, with Pluto that uh, accentuates. So it's not just me. It, I provide the voice, but, I mean, the artists and really have to know the character. And, of course, for the people that don't know, we record the voice first, and then they will animate to our voice, and which is the typical way that it's done. And that's where you put in the, the looks and the physicality that Pluto's famous for and a lot of his comedy comes out of the kind of the bendy way he moves and the way that he does and his attitude uh and i help as much as i can but i certainly rely a lot on the artists bill can i can i mention two i think of your most underappreciated characters which one i think captain crunch oh i may well yeah captain crunch Kind of there. That was a very early one because I took classes when I first came to California from Dawes Butler, who voiced Captain Crunch and Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound and a lot of the Anna Barbera characters. And he was the one that really I credit with getting the role of Goofy because he was the first one that said, "No, it's not voice acting; it's voice acting." The emphasis is on the acting because a lot of people can sound like these characters. Unless you can take the words and make them jump off the page and come to life, you're not going to get the job or you can't maintain the character for any length of time. So that, when I changed that emphasis onto the acting part, that's when things took off for me. It's a weird warble in the yeah. voice. Well, that was very much, 
Well, well, Dawes, who did a lot of things, Snagglepuss and, you know, Yogi Bear, all of that. He, his regular voice was very similar to Captain Crunch. And I remember calling him up the first time. A friend of mine gave me his phone number and said, you ought to take classes from Dawes Butler when I first came to California. You mean the Dawes Butler? Yeah. And I got the, and he answered the phone. It was like Captain Crunch talking to me. He's, oh, hi, Bill. Oh, well. Why don't you go over on Wednesdays? We have a class, and well, it's like ten dollars for three hours. And uh, well, if you don't have ten dollars, don't worry about it. Uh, just come on over. And uh, some of the voiceover greats, Nancy Cartwright was in our class, and uh, you know Corey Burton and a bunch of others. Um, and he was just really the one that emphasized so much the art of acting, and it's yeah. not just doing silly voices. These right. are characters that may have silly voices, but they are real characters, and yeah. there's a whole life behind the voice. Emphasis on the acting. Where did yeah. you take those classes at? I went over to Beverly Hills to Dawes's house, and uh, he had a studio out back, and he would uh, we'd sit around a big table that he had, and he'd get, pass out scripts, and, and then we would read the scripts, and then he would kind of critique and say, okay, well, on this line, why don't you emphasize this word that uh, will give it a little bit more of a kick or help with the joke or whatever. Uh, it was very instructional. I wish there's more of that. I'm, I feel like it's the wild west these days yeah. where we don't really have that. Kind. I would love to have someone that just picked me apart. Yeah. But now I'm just someone that sits on the couch to 3 a.m. watching cartoons and, and but but deeply, deeply, deeply cares yeah. about it. But that was awesome that you got to go through that kind of structure. Cause yeah, I, I'm very lucky that I was around when he uh, was still around and, and working and uh, um, yeah, he was a great teacher. Great teacher. Okay. Bill, I'm talking too much. <laughs> so, all right. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Who's next? Uh, we got, let's go to Tara. Tara. What do you have to say, my friend? All right. So I just want to say hi, Bill. And I just want to say I've always been a fan since I was a young girl. Goofy has always been probably my favorite, one of my favorite characters of Disney. Um, he was my favorite Disney character. Yeah. So he, he's definitely he's definitely my favorite. Um, so I heard you mentioned before about carrying the torch. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to know if you could explain a little bit more about that and what it means to carry the torch well in the beginning you know it was a job i just wanted to work um and i didn't think that much about it and that carrying the torch phrase came from wayne allwine who was the voice of mickey mouse and he kind of came up with his saying that he felt like he was just we were just carrying the torch for these characters for a while that they'll be around long after us and uh we're just helping out as much as we can along the way but it is, there's a legacy with these characters and the integrity of the characters is something that's important. Um, a lot of people ask me things like, and one of the funniest things about Disney is that if you work for Disney and I've never been a Disney employee, that's an, another thing that a lot of people don't know that I'm an independent contractor. I've worked with Warner Brothers and all the studios. And uh, but uh, Disney has been more like a family than any of the other studios. Right. But when you, you know, you get these characters and when you join Disney as an employee, you go through like a Disney university where they teach you about Walt and everything. And we would go down and we do hundreds of radio interviews 
for the company, well, they've never given us a day of instruction on the, I had to learn all of this stuff on my own about Walt and, and, you know, Roy and all the other people at Disney and the history of Disney. And when we'd go down to Florida, when they'd open up something like Animal Kingdom and stuff, and we'd go for, uh, ah, did you go on the ride? You know, and we'd go, it was really great. And we hadn't seen it at all because we'd fly in like the day of or the day before. And so we finally started saying, hey, send us down a day or two early so we can go on these rides so I have something to talk about. And they did. So it's uh, people think we know more about it than. <laughs> no, there's been no training for this. It's just kind of like, here, go with it. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Um, let's see, Annie, do you have any questions for Mr. Farmer? I, one, am shocked that. You're not a technically a Disney employee with 36 years. No, he's a 1099 independent contractor, right, Bill? Like, that's insane to me, especially after doing it for so long. Like, I could understand if you did, like, one or two shorts here and there. But you're Goofy and Pluto. <laughs> yeah, you think so. Right. The uh, um, actors are. Yeah, we're all you would think, but uh, no, and that's just kind of the way the the voice acting and actors in general are. You know, it used to be the studio system where you were under contract with the studio. This is true. But this allows me to work on other movies and uh, and 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 studios as okay. as well, and I don't have to worry about. Uh, Bill, Bill, do you still get to have three people come in the park at all times? I still mm-hmm. do. Yeah, it's. I haven't tried that since COVID, really, because they they started doing it where you had to get a, you know, to call ahead for reservations and all of this stuff. And I usually been oh, uh, interesting story about why they gave me a pass, and it wasn't necessarily because they were just being nice and here we want to treat you and you can take your fans. But a long time ago, we went down for a, a radio interview at Disneyland, and in the car were me and uh, Wayne Allwine, Rusey Taylor, Tony and Selma, all the main five characters. And we were going to go in the back, um, you know, not in the front gate, but in the back. And the, the guard did not have our names on a list. So he, he oh, well, you can't go in. We don't have your names on this. And this was like six in the morning. And we didn't even call the studio and get okay. So we couldn't get in. We missed the radio interview. Boy, Disney found out about that and said, well, give them, give them passes so they can at least get into work. And that's how that came about. And so we, we've always had a backup for them. I mean, I would say that's a pretty good trade. <laughs> but I know you mentioned, Bill, that obviously you do a lot of other voices and um, you do a lot of work for other studios as well. And I know you do like a lot of um, the additional voices and stuff. Um, like I know you did in Shrek 2, you were like the announcer and everything, like just things Bill that you was, wouldn't Bill really was in expect. Robocop, just so you know. Yeah, I had an actual uh, a part, and that was actually before I did uh, I came out to California. That was still back when I lived in Dallas at the time, and uh, I, I remember that I hadn't met uh, Peter Weller, who was in the Robocop outfit and portrayed Robocop, um, until just about six months ago. I was at a Comic Con. And I went over and talked to him and said, yeah, we were in the same movie. And I said, we did it. Uh, the 
the scene where you you're, you know they're holding the mayor hostage in a second floor office and Robocop comes up and gets out and is an on the street reporter. And I said, what do you remember about that? And he said, it was hot as hell. And it was, it was about 95 degrees. It was about one in the morning. And he was in the outfit. They were blowing air up his sleeve after every take. He was just sweating like you wouldn't believe. And uh, after that, I said, yeah, this, this studio stuff, the way you're in an air conditioned studio <laughs> with a mic, that's for me. <laughs> Annie, I cut off your question. I got excited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry, Annie. Oh, that's crazy. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. It's true. He's done so many crazy voices. It lends into my question because my question is, is there anywhere in the Disney parks, could be anywhere around the world, that we would be surprised to hear your voice? Like, have you done anything that's not your typical Goofy or Pluto? Um, well, and uh, let me see. Uh, I've always been sleepy of the seven dwarves, the traditional seven dwarves. We did a series a few years ago called the seven D, uh, which was all the seven dwarves. And I play doc in that character and another dog, Sir Yips a lot. So I have the dog market cornered. Voice uh, is at Disney World. Um, I've done over the years, I've actually done as goofy. I did the monorail spiel once. I've done some announcing as Pat Buttram for a thing. They had a fair days, you know, like uh, uh, in, in the early days, we did a thing where they kind of had me do the uh, the announcement for the park. Um, I'm trying to think right offhand. Another, th another thing, uh, in Walt Disney World, they have a, a ride called um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That replaced the great movie ride. Uh, on the great movie ride in the Wizard of Oz village, I was the Cowardly Lion. So there's one right there that you might, that you probably would never know it was me. And most people don't know that that was uh, me. But there's a lot of movies where I was trying to add up my movies the other day. I've probably done about 50 movies over the years of uh, just additional voices. And, uh, I can't I don't even know what I did in some of those movies myself. I've heard them. There was one on TV the other day called Matinee and with John Goodman. And I was on the ADR group on that movie. So there are some little bits in there. I watched the movie. I couldn't hear what I did. So but I get checks from them. So I know that it was in a movie. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I love your story about Shrek too. Was that one the, the one that you didn't even remember you did? Until you were at the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, because uh, a lot of times when they have an ADR group, it's an additional dialogue recording group to add the little extra characters and stuff. They had a scene in Shrek 2 where I had to, to say an announcement, and it was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Princess Fiona and Prince Shrek. And But there were three or four of us that actually did that line in the session, and they didn't pick out till later which one they used and i had no idea if it was me or someone else till i saw the movie and my son recognized my voice before i did um so you never know where you're going to wind up in these movies sometimes it's like oh okay i forgot i did that character so this question is coming from uh this question is from Teresa marie from orlando florida and she would like to know what your favorite project that you've worked on? Do you have a favorite project you've worked on? 
Oh my gosh. Um, just to be working is always nice. I think probably at the time it wasn't, but it has grown to be that uh, would be a goofy movie probably because that's what most fans really react to. And at comic cons, I get a lot of people who come up and say, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to my dad that much. We didn't have a good relationship, but that movie brought us together. And those kind of stories has made it uh, one of my favorites of of actually doing it. There's always, I liked a lot of the, the Mickey Mouse shorts because they were so different than what we had done on other things. And some of them were just hilarious. And I love Halloween. So anything that we um, get to do with Halloween, I especially love. We just did, and it's not even out yet. It will be this Halloween. A, uh, it's a uh, um, stop motion animation Mickey Mouse short, and it's not even named yet. So it's a Halloween short. When and where, I don't know. But uh, we also did a Mickey Mouse uh, short, uh, the scariest story ever told, where I got to be Doctor Frankenstein in one of the segments and hunting uh, vampires and stuff. I really enjoyed doing that just because I love those old horror movies. And to do Dr. Frankenstein with, uh, you know, with Donald as Igor, uh, that was that was a funny script. And, and uh, of those shorts, one of my favorites is where we did a submarine thing called, uh, you know, Wonders of the Deep. There's one that's a takeoff on uh, uh, Disneyland called Potato Land. Is also I'm wearing the Potato Land shirt oh, right now. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I see that now. Potato <laughs> Land. People always have me come up and do, do the Potato Land thing. Potato Land. It potato is my land. favorite short. <laughs> Can you really do the long thing like Potato Land? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they call it the Bill Farmer. There's Jason Marsden says this about you. There's something called the Bill the Bill Farmer Flutter. Do you know about this? Oh, it's probably the if I did like land, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the Bill Farmer flutter. I didn't know that was the thing, but uh, I added that. I'd heard Pinto Kolvig do that a couple of times on some old cartoons, and I kind of could do that. So I just kind of added it, and it's kind of a fun goofyism that I'll add from time to time. So it's not really a question. I just have to like say it real quick because it's still in my head. Your story about not being able to get into the park with like the Fab Five in the car. Like all I'm seeing in my head is them saying that. And then all of you breaking out into your voices. Like, do you know who we are? We got to get into the park. Like The same thing. uh, The same thing happened to Roy Disney when he went down there once. He went through the first gate and he didn't have his ID or whatever with him. And he went the first gate and I need to be in for a meeting. And they wouldn't let him in. And he said, "Well, I got to get in. I'm sorry, I don't have my ID. Can I see a supervisor?" And the supervisor came out and said, "Oh, (laughs) geez, it's Roy Disney. Yes. Oh, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to this guy." Well, uh, you know, certainly welcome, sir. No, and he was so cool. He said, no, he was doing exactly what we taught him to do, not let people in without the, the correct uh, pass. And he and he was so cool about it, too. I mean, he could have you know, fired the guy, obviously. But uh, no, he was cool. And uh, so that happens. Yeah, they they got those rules. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's funny. That's going to be stuck in my head all night now. Like It's just going to unrepeat play in my head. <laughs> yep, we didn't get in. Oh, no respect at all, I'll tell you, you know. All right. 
I think we should talk about what's coming up next with you. So I know um, you shared about, how do I pronounce it? The Shen, I want to say Train Gurla, but that is not correct. The <laughs> film festival that you're chairman of. Oh, Cordella, that's it. That took a long time. Cordellera. Cordellera. <laughs> I got it. Well, what happened is um, uh, a friend of mine who lives up in Reno and was a cameraman on the show The Amazing Race for about 30 seasons, 20-some seasons. He's been all over the world. Well, he was the one that brought me up to Reno to shoot this little film as a host, uh, talking about different places around Reno for local television. Well, one of the things was a uh, an equestrian center where they have these walker hounds, like the the, the fox hunting hounds. And they, uh, so anyway, we were shooting a lot of stuff and I was playing with the dogs. I love dogs. And I was doing voices with them and like, you're going to have to get the coyote. You're going to have to run your flabby dogs, you know, and I just played. And that footage was the best footage. So we said, hey, why don't we do a show about dogs? And so we wrote a script and an idea about me as the voice behind animated dogs, stepping out from behind the microphone to find out about real working dogs. Long story short, we were able to get a, a meeting with Disney. They bought the series from us on first, first day, and we were able to produce It's a Dog's Life with Bill Farmer on uh, Disney+. Plus. And that began my association with up in the Reno area. And long story short, I've done a couple of uh, smaller movies up in that area. And I visit up there with my my friend who visit uh, is up there. And I got asked to be a judge, a jury, uh, a grand jurist on the film festival that they have up there. And they've just gone nuts with this film festival. And it's it's so wonderful. And then... They liked what I was doing, that uh, I, I was having so much fun. They asked if I would like to be the honorary chairman of the board for two years. And so, yes, this uh, July uh, is the Cordillera Film Festival. And it's, um, yeah, I'm going to be up there for four days on this. And they treat you great. It's so much fun. But it's kind of like becoming a, you know, a secondary career in a way. And I've enjoyed that so much and getting to do that. And um, I actually did a, a horror film up there, too, where I agreed to do the mill if I could get killed by the monster. So I am killed by the monster. And it's a, it's a movie called Desert Shadows. And I think it's I think it's on pay-per-view on a shutter or something like that. Uh, yeah. And I play a really kind of a mean uh, cop, and I I, I get uh, I get killed in a very unique way. In that, <laughs> is it animated or is it a like a live action? Oh, it's live action. Oh. Live action. Yeah, <laughs> that that's being googled after this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we finally got Lindsay. Lindsay came on. Lindsay, do you have a question for Bill? Yeah. Alrighty, so Bill, I have a question. Do you have any new projects coming up? I always have new projects. More uh, Mick, Mickey's uh, Fun House. We're in the production stage of that. I have a job tomorrow, and I can't remember what the darn project is right offhand. So I haven't even gotten the scripts yet. 
So <laughs> it's going to be kind of into it. They'll give me the scripts and we'll do it. Uh, there's always something, but I don't get that much lead time. Quite often, it's just a few days, maybe a week, a couple of weeks, about maximum, uh, from when they call me and said, hey, we got a thing for you to do. Um, and sometimes they say, oh, don't talk about it now until we get the okay. People always ask me about Kingdom Hearts 4, and uh, which has been released in uh, Japan, I know, but uh, we that's the only th project that we've done where it's done in another language and then we do it into English. Uh, and uh, but we haven't done the English version yet. So I know that's coming down the road someday, but when, who knows? So I know a lot of the Disney shorts, especially like the first season, there was a lot in like different languages because they were like kind of in different places. Did you have to do Goofy in those different languages or did they have another guy do Goofy? No, well, uh, no, in those, there were very few words. So there was one called Feliz Cumpleaños, where I had to sing in Spanish as Goofy. And they brought in someone to make sure that my very bad Spanish was was okay. And I got to sing a song. And that's one where there's an evil pinata, <laughs> and that's played by Danny Trejo. And um, so I, I had to do that in, or if it's just greetings or something like that, uh, I'll I'll do it in whatever language. But uh, generally, no, they have a whole division that finds in about 50 some languages. Uh, they have a whole cast of everyone you can imagine that everything that Disney put out, they've got someone to do it in all of these other languages. Actually, a long time ago, when I first started, I had to loop six cartoons into German. And, and that's two picture. And that's a tough voice because they couldn't find anybody who sounded anything like Goofy. Goofy kind of a guttural voice. It's gorge. Yeah. It's up there, you know, you do like a, a Ludwig von Drake and a tear up in the front of the voice for Germany. And they couldn't find anybody that could do that. So I had to loop six cartoons. They got me a professor of German from University USC. And she came, and I don't think she'd ever seen a cartoon in her life. And uh, so she's doing it word by word. And it was like about a 12-hour session. It was incredibly long to loop these. And I said later on, I said, whatever happened with the, the German thing? Did they do that okay? I said, well, it was pretty good, but you sounded like you had an Austrian accent. And the, the professor was Austrian, so who knew? Uh, now they got better people to do that. Bill, I study your voice all the time. Your level now, and I want to go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cash in my gush number three. Here it is. I've 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 heard interviews where you've said, you know, I'm just happy that my voice sounds the same. I I disagree with that completely. Every year that you do your goofy voice, it's it's frustratingly better and better and better and better. And I think that's uh, I think it's because the tone is the same, but the understanding of the character over the years, I've learned more about his his universe and what makes him tick. And uh, the more you know about a character, the better it's going to sound because you understand him. And also the scripts, I mean, like when a goofy movie came out, we never really had to have him be a worried father before and kind of the more the, the, the sad goofy and those emotions we didn't really have him do before that. And that was kind of tough to add 
but over the years, I've kind of figured out how to do that so you can incorporate that into his world, and it, and it works. I find it so interesting, like, now there's been such a resurgence, I feel like, like Powerline, Max is in the parks at the, the Mickey's Not So Scary. Like, I feel like we're getting to that age where all the people that grew up with that movie are, like, running the show at Disney now. <laughs> so, like, I hope maybe we'll get some more goofy stuff coming out like that. Well, um, yeah, I'm kind of writing a few ideas down, so maybe I might go over there and say, hey, what do you think about these ideas? I don't want to go too much into it right now. but You know the character. You already saw, you already yeah. sold them the show The Dog's Life. Like, you got but the I end. Think, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's some potential. I've got some interest in a couple of things that I've uh, kind of uh, written ideas, and so I'm fleshing them out, coming up with this stuff. Did you have any influence over the first two movies, like at all? Like I know you said you're like fleshing out for the. Other than in the in the recording, uh, you know, I'd certainly added my I just hey, what about this line? What about that line? And I would kind of, I'll take a line and I'll kind of goofyize it the way I think it should be goofyized, as it were. And uh, yeah, I've I've certainly added little nuances but generally they have it pretty well scripted out and uh, beforehand so i don't have to do too much of that but a lot of ad libs on like mickey funhouse and all the things that i do yeah i'll ad lib and sometimes it makes it in not all the time but uh once in a while hey that's better than the line we had okay let's use that so, Bill, I have a question. So I was just at Disney at Hollywood Studios, and I noticed Goofy looks a little weird in my eyes on the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Uh -huh. What do you feel about that? Uh, it's I look at it as kind of a separate parallel universe. It's uh, Chris Diamantopoulos who is doing Mickey in that. So it's not Brett Iwan who does uh, most of the other stuff. And that came out because they wanted kind of a different universe of mickey and if you look at it it's more the characters the way they were in the 1930s goofy's not wearing pants he's got a tail uh it, it's more dippy dog which was goofy's original than it is goofy the nice thing about it is that we can do stuff on that show that we've never been able to do on other shows that are for a younger audience and stuff like that um, and so some of the, the scripts have been really hilarious and I, I love the scripts and it's a lot of fun to do because it's more a, of an adult take on the characters and stuff. And, uh, um, so it's, it, it's, it's kind of a little different as far as the animation style. I'm not really an artist. It works for what it's doing. It's not what I call the traditional characters, but it's, yeah, like I say, a parallel universe or something, the multiverse of Disney and Goofy and everything. <laughs> well, Bill, we want to be respectful. We don't want to take up too much of your time tonight, but just thank you so much for being here. It's just been wonderful. Yes, too many voices. We've been on every day. <laughs> no, it's so much fun. I'm glad that people care. I care about these characters, and so I assume other people do, and it's nice to hear what people's opinions are because it, it does keep you going. I mean, I 
I love doing it, and I'll do it as long as they want me to. I mean, you know, I'm past retirement age. Oh, Bill, you've got to keep carrying that torch, at least till you're 200 years old. <laughs> I I will. Yeah, there wasn't any goofy 101 in college, so it kind of, I found it, it me, and <laughs> for better or worse, we're stuck in it. Jeff has been, I can't even tell you so excited. Like we're all excited, obviously. Jeff has been, I can't even tell you how many ex how excited. He's what we call our goofy dupe. That's what we've named him. He's the cheap knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like <laughs> I know it's Mother's Day, so I do want to shout out to my own mom because she, her favorite character has always been Pluto. So it is very fitting that we are talking to you today on Mother's Day. Yeah, Bill, we can take a minute to talk about your wife, Jennifer, who does some amazing flower arrangements. Oh, yeah. Well, she has a, a company, Jenna Fleurs is what she came up with. And she has been so busy today in the last couple of days because of Mother's Day. And, you know, people I've learned about the way it is exactly the way I was when I was single is uh, that I, the guys always wait for the last minute. <laughs> you know, it's like, I need a I need a bouquet tomorrow. You know, well, I got to get down to the flower mart and buy the flowers and all this stuff because we don't have a big store or anything. It's uh, kind of a, a glorified hobby that just she's just caught on amazingly well and just her sense of design and everything with the flowers and it's her joy in life so that's great you know it's like if i always tell students i mean if you want to get into voiceover or anything in life do it because you love to do it you have to do Absolutely. it that it's a part of you and that makes it you know it's so much easier to to spend a day doing it you know nothing's worse than doing a job you hate so do something you like you know i mean here's two things to plug one, go watch it. It's a dog's life on Disney Plus. Two, go follow Bill on Instagram at Goofy Bill. And three, go check out the film festival in Reno. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a dog's life on Disney Plus and Goofy Bill. I'm not too good on the, all the uh, Instagram stuff and, and uh, social media. I'm not that good stuff, but uh, I'm always at uh, upcoming Comic-Cons and stuff. Like I'm going to be down in San Diego here next month, I think, doing some panels at the, the big one in San Diego. I've got a few more. I know I'm going to be in Secaucus, New Jersey coming up, and I can't remember when right offhand. Um, and, uh, yeah, just check your local Comic-Con. I, I get around. <laughs> so bill we would love to hear your best goofy send off as we say goodbye to you if you could do okay. that for us <laughs> thanks guys for having me on and oh, we'll see you in the cartoons <laughs> i love it <laughs> we thank you for tuning in to another episode of sharing the magic as always, please hit that follow button to stay up to date on the latest episodes and tell your friends to tune in to wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Sharing the Magic Pod. Until next time, keep sharing the magic.
Caracas. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>